1: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
2: This is James Loving. I'm hosting Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to give a good shout-out to Audrey Langley out there listening today. And, um... Uh, you know, every one of my shows listeners out there, you know, I have a guest that played ball or I knew that I grew up. But I got special guests on the line today. I have my dad. Are you there?
3: Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> How you doing, dad?
3: Doing great, doing great, son. <laughs> How you doing?
2: I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to get you on the show today.
3: Good to hear your voice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, everybody out there, my listeners, this is my dad, and I love my dad. He's on the show today. I called him today. I'm like, Dad, you want me to talk about the Bulls? Before we get started, the Bulls, Dad, you grew up in Alabama, right?
3: Yes, I grew up in Midway, Alabama.
2: Um, tell the listeners out there a little bit about you. Grew up in, you know, Midway.
3: Well, I grew up out on a farm, and uh, at a young age, I was I was busy, busy, busy on the farm trying to make a living. It wasn't easy, I tell you that. And I wouldn't like to to wish that on nobody, on anybody, rather. But uh, by the grace of God, I've come a long, long way. And out there, I I finished school at Merritt High School. I went to uh, Daniel Payne College in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, that's where I met your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. And so I met her there on the campus, and she played hard to get. <laughs> but I put on that loving charm, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> runs in the family. <laughs>
2: Go ahead, Dad. Tell it like it is. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> and so I moved here in Chicago. Been here. we were been married for 56 years on the 27th of this month.
2: That's, that's good. And as you know, we had
3: six beautiful and handsome children, and they're all around except you, you over there in uh, <laughs> Arizona. So, see you every now and then, but it's always good to hear your voice. And about those bulls, oh. they're they are out of sight. <laughs>
2: Well we're we'll gonna get started on the Bulls in a minute. But oh, I just
3: you don't wanna talk about my, my my team?
2: Yeah, I I'm gonna talk about your team. But I won't let my listeners know how amazing your mom are, you know. Oh oh oh. Uh, how we grew up, you know, and we grew up like you say, uh all my shows are like directed towards the young kids and how to stay out of trouble and, and like you know, we grew up and y'all guys taught us you gotta have God in your life, you know.
3: So that's right.
2: Tell the and, listeners go ahead then.
3: And that's what helped you to get to where you are. Because I always took you to church, taught you the Bible. And I said, well, if you stray away, it's not because it wasn't taught. And god been good to you. He's been good to all of us. And I hope that you will uh, continue to do what you was told to do. And I hope that you could be an example for the younger generation.
2: I mean, and and, and we are. And like you know, all our listeners, I talk every week. I say it starts from your parents, you know, and we had, y- y'all was wonderful to us and showed us the right road, you know. And, you know, young people, they stray off, but they know when to come back, right there?
3: That's right. The Bible tells you, to tramp a child where it should go, and when he's old, will not depart from it. So we, that's what we did. And I, when some of them do wrong, I don't feel guilty at all because I did my part. And we praise for you day and night. And I hope that uh, it is paying off.
2: It is. It is. Uh, I'm very... well,
3: life is a struggle, but just, like I tell you, you, take one day at a time. But you don't know what's ahead for you, but just enjoy what you have now and appreciate what God has done for you. And I'd like to tell all young men to be patient, be kind one to another, and uh, stay on the right track. Because the downward road is crowded. But it takes a lot to climb the hill. Okay?
2: Yeah, Dad, now, um, if you was talking to a young kid and, you know, he got caught up in drugs or doing, what would you say to him?
3: I'll tell them to, our as I told you, in all that ways, acknowledge God. And he'll direct your path in the first place. So if you follow the path of righteousness in the first place, you won't get hung up in drug. But still there's hope because you always get the give you a second chance. You always have a second chance. Hmm. So that's what I would tell them and to our, find someone with a good mentor to teach them and to guide them. And when they leave home, don't just follow the crowd unless you go in the right direction.
2: That's so, that, That's a good point you made because it's who you who you follow and hang out with will make you do di- different bad things, right?
3: Depending on how strong you are. If you've got a strong background and you, and you do what your parents tell you to do, have told you to do, rather, then you can uh, sort of find your own way. Mm-hmm. But if you want to just go with the flow, then you're going to go down here. It's easy to go down here, but it's hard to climb back up. But still, if even if you fall down, God gives you the strength to come back up. So That's what you're going to have to do.
2: You no, know, um, for for the kids that are growing up, you know, we grew up with a mom and a dad. But what would you say to kids that grow up in a single p- parent home? How would you? Because you know that's more of a struggle than having two parents there to you know to tell you right from wrong.
3: Yeah, when you b- before you get into that rut, like I often say, you uh you don't you don't just jump into a marriage, jump into a relationship. Uh, and you know when you have a sex relationship that it's a possibility that you can get pregnant. And uh, these especially uh, the girls, you, they got to realize that you can't always depend on these young men to be there for you, but you're still stuck with that child. So you got to follow some guidelines, So have some sense of your own, and, you, and uh, protect yourself. And when you do fall in that, in that line, don't just keep doing that. Mm -hmm. You might make a mistake once, but when you make it twice, then it's it's hard. To realize you're stuck with that child, that boy's going on about his business, and you're going to have to be there at night when the child is crying, you're going to be there at night when the child is sick. So I would advise you to be careful before you have a relationship, sexual relationship.
2: Mm -hmm. Now that... um a lot of kids that comes out, you know, and they say, well, I grew up, you know, not having another thing. I grew up in this neighborhood that was bad. They shouldn't use that as an excuse, should they?
3: That's right. They shouldn't use that as an excuse because just because your mama uh, was a prostitute, you don't have to be one. Because mm-hmm. your daddy was a drug addict, you don't have to be one. But God gave you a mind of your own. It's a, it's, he gave you a freedom of choice. He like said you can choose good or you can choose evil. You can go, You can choose right, or you can choose wrong. So that is up to that individual to be strong enough to choose the right path. Because you see things what happen when people make the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. You see it every day, and you know that what the outcome is going to be. You want if you be, see somebody stealing, and you're gonna do the steal, you know you're gonna suffer the consequences. So uh, why steal? Why don't you to make a, enjoy what you have? Until things get better.
2: But isn't isn't peer pressure pretty hard there? Because I know if my friends, I grew up with it. You know, I've been around a long time, and I, you know, I don't want to disappoint them. isn't that peer pressure tough for uh, a young young man?
3: Well, peer pressure, yeah. That's that's uh, if you're not a strong individual, the, the pressure can can uh, overcome you and put you on the wrong track. So. But you've you got to deal with that. But you go right back to the, uh, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Say, in all your ways, acknowledge God, and he'll direct your path. And so he'll, he'll help you be able to overcome that pure, pure pressure. But you've got to put him first.
2: So,
4: Every
3: day, not just uh, now and then. It's just like going to church. You go to church on Mother Day for, in, a, in a Christmas and Easter, and then you don't go anymore. Then you don't you don't have the background that you should have
2: had. Well, if if somebody do make a mistake, they are forgive. It's just, it has been forgive, right there. He
3: said, "If you confess your sins, he say he is faithful and he is just to forgive you your sin. But you got to confess it. You got to admit that you are wrong, and confess and ask for forgiveness, and then he'll put you back on the right track. Because it's very easy to get off the right off the right track." But he's always there, say, because that's why Jesus came to the world to, for, to die for our sins. And he said, if you repent of your sins, he'll forgive you and give you a brand new start over and over again. So just uh, have a set mindset.
2: To, to have, have your mindset and you set goals for him too?
3: Yeah, have your mindset that this is what I want and this is what I'm a- aiming for. He, he's not going to just hand it to you in your you know, on a platter. You you to make the effort, and God will make the way. And you got to work toward that. Yeah. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the knowledge of how to accomplish what you want to do or what you want to be. I
2: know I know a lot of young kids. You know, when things are going good, uh, they forget about God and what He had done for them. Right, right. You know, then when things get bad, they want to, oh God, why you put me through this? Mm-hmm. You know? and they
3: want to blame God then, but it's not, you don't blame God. You blame yourself because you know right from wrong, even though sometimes you make a mistake, but on the average you know right from wrong, you know what the consequence is going to be, because you learn by seeing others what happened to them. And so while you think something's not going to happen, the same thing won't happen to you. That's just like drug addicts. The first time they, people you see a person on drugs and um, you see what happened to them, they lose their houses, they murder. They beat the parents and all that stuff to get some money. You see what happened to them, so why should you try it in the first place?
2: Right.
3: And just like smoking, you see that people get so addicted on on cigarettes until they can't quit. And you see that happen to them, so why would you try it? Some people I knew, a child I was talking to, see, I knew I could stop. I knew I could. and No such a thing that you can't stop. But thing is, don't start. Right. But so once you start. You know, it overtakes you. It's stronger than you are.
2: And and, and there are kids going to go out and do things and feel, you know, they made a mistake, but they learn from that.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. that's what you learn from a mistake. But some learn, still, they go back and do the same thing all over again. we got to pray for willpower.
2: And, and is that right for them? I mean, you know, like when when things start going bad, why is that that for them? Like, feel like you get an injury and a career going really good. Why is that?
3: Well, sometimes you know, man, you know, we're all human, and the human, the, the, the uh, human part of a person, is uh, more stronger than the spiritual part. But that's why the Holy Spirit comes to one, and God send the Holy Spirit into one's heart to direct them. And uh, your conscience is going to tell you that's wrong, uh, mirror us, Sue. That's wrong. Don't do that. But you want to do it, and you're going to go on and do it. And uh, you're going to suffer the consequences. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, Dad, uh, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about your bulls. But I want everybody to listen to know until so you give them um, some word of advice. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with my dad, James Lillard, from Chicago. And we'll be right back with and that Sports Talk. Oh.
5: Your
6: Internet flagship station for sports, VoiceMark is Sports.
0: Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk you'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps where the former NFL players are now and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel.
6: The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moye, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
5: You're
1: hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. I'm back
2: hosting Loving That Sports Talk, and I have my dad on the phone, James Loving Sr. You still there, Dad? Yes, I'm still here. Good to have you on. Well, let's get to what you want to talk about. You, you're making me say it, you know. What's going on with your Bulls?
3: Oh, they are great. They are out of sight. No. And, and, man, they, they are great. They, they have done a magnificent job. And that Derrick Rose, he's uh, the star of the Bulls. <laughs> Such a nice. You know, he's from he's around here.
2: Yeah, yeah, he he's down from Simeon, right? Down right, in... right. Now, were you uh, you just jumped on the Bulls bandwagon there, or you always been a Bulls fan? Come no, on, no, I man.
3: just jumped on. Uh, they was from Chicago, and I got so interested <laughs> in <it>
2: because. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: that that there's such a sports, you know, there's so such good sportsmanship. Whether they win or they lose, they shake hands and embrace and all of that. You know, and I think I think that's wonderful. It's a wonderful example for the younger people. That the way they uh, exhibit themselves. And uh just they playing again, again tonight.
2: You you think they're gonna win the series?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> they got what it's taken.
2: <laughs> so so what they you
3: they the best they the best. So,
2: the, How hard do you think the athletes' life are, though? I mean, you know, by seeing them on TV and seeing them go through all the... How, you, how what? How hard you think their lives are, these athletes?
3: Oh, I really don't know because I had, had experience. But I mean, they have a lot of pressure. It's just the pressure just to get out there on that coach and try to, uh, you know, run it from, from uh, end to end all these, uh, during the game. For as a life concern you know they they' put pressure on some of them, so they going not have to have a a mindset too because of the fact when they get a little little uh, money more than a dime or two, huh. then uh, they, they other things influence them because you, you know the bible says you know the love of money is the root of all evil mm-hmm. so when you get so you just love that money you it it'll take over your Whole lifestyle. The reason why I enjoy, I enjoy uh, listening to Rose Rose's conversation because he said, I thank God that he gave me this opportunity. And so, you know, that's what I tell all of them. If you put God first, he said in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. But so once you stop acknowledging God as your Lord and Savior, then you're going to go astray. You're going to go to listen at your prayer your friends, so-called friends, mm-hmm. and they can lead you in the wrong direction. So they have pressure. And some of them, they get on drugs, too, because they have a lot of money, and they do what they want to do, and they can buy what they want to buy, and go where they want to go, and so, what's next? You know, try something else. So I advise them to put God first.
2: Yeah.
3: And do unto others as you have them to do unto you. When you get something more than you need, then Share with others because whatever you do for one another, has come back to
2: you. It's good. I like that. That's why I love to have you on. You know, I like to have your mom because I brag on y'all all day down here. You know, I so said my mom yeah. and dad. You know, we <laughs> we grew up. You know, and I tell everybody they didn't get us what we wanted. They gave us what we need. Right. Right. You know. We didn't sit there and go, why, you know, we want hundred dollars gym shoes, y'all make sure we had gym shoes on them. Still the have shoes food. on. Right. Make you sho-
3: you, on. you can stamp whatever brand on you want but what you gonna have shoes <laughs> on. <laughs> your yes. feet gonna be just as warm as their name brand. Their brand don't 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 uh warm your feet.
2: Right. And and it's like, you know, we grew up and it reflects you guys, you know, how we are, you know. Yeah.
3: And then too you got to you got to live live among your children the life that you want them to exhibit. I, I don't think I did anything that makes you all ashamed of me. Right. or Neither did Mama. And by the way, we'll be uh, married for 56 years in this month.
2: Dad, you, you said that once, Dad.
3: Yeah, I just want to remind
2: you. Okay, I didn't want you to go cuckoo me. <laughs> <laughs> I well, just
3: want you to remind you.
2: I, I will remind I will put and it up. I want
3: you to remind you that God's been good to me too because sir, I'll be 80 this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. You'll be eight. what, um, September? November, November 30th. 30th, okay. That's yeah. Mama's 19th. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, Dad, um, it's a blessing to have you on the show. Okay, it's a blessing to talk to you, too. Uh, and uh, you take care, and I'll see you all in June.
3: Okay.
2: All right, love you, Dad. And
3: have a lovely day. God
4: yeah.
2: bless you. Uh, we have Eric Glover. Glover, are you there?
4: Hey, what's
2: going on, Jack? Oh, not much. I my dad on the phone, you know, just... I just had to get him on the phone That you know, talk to him, because as I talk to you today, you know, we talk about, your, you know, your dad and how you know.
4: Right. So,
2: just had to get him on there, but it's good to have you on, Glove. Yeah, it's
4: always good to talk <laughs> to you, there, Big Dane. <laughs>
2: you know what, Glover, uh, I just let the listeners out there know, me and you talk, we talk a lot, we great friends, and we talk about different sp- stuff and sports, but... You know, uh, of all things aside, um, every time I'm going through something, I always call you. You know it. And you, you divert me from that and let me know how things are in life and keep, you know, um, doing what I'm doing. So I like, I want to appreciate that.
4: Right. Oh, no problem. No problem, man. You should all, hey, what your dad was saying is true. I'm not the most religious guy, but, you know, you have to believe in somebody mm. or something or someone. And, what he was saying was true, man. You know, put put God first and let him lead you down that path that you, uh, you're trying to go down. and Everything should work itself out, you know. I mean, it's like regardless of how bad you think things are going, there's always somebody out there that, you know, things aren't as good for them as well. So you're not really doing as bad as you thought you was. So, so just keep believing, man. All
2: you can do is keep believing. Well, I'm I'm glad you're calling. Up, Cause I posted had another guy calling him Pastor um, Bob, but he some came up. But I'm glad you and him because we was gonna talk about something I know you can relate to. Um, you guys did it just now. You had like a, a combine for the young kids, and y'all kind of picked them, right? For teams. Um,
4: well, what happens uh, is the league that I I'm associated with in San Diego, they have a um, a workout every year once all the kids pay their money to select teams mm-hmm. so what they do is they get the kids out there and they try to put them through various fields to try to select a competitive team and a non-competitive team so that's what we had this past weekend it's called the little combine which to me is really not needed but for some people they think it's a good thing for the kids you know and I'm, I'm going to try to be nice today, you know, and normally uh, <laughs> call people out, but I'm going to try to do it in a nice fashion. So uh, no, so I'm probably going to be good today,
2: Jay. No, Eric, I have to ask you. I know you give me your opinion. Is that necessary to have that?
4: No. <laughs> no. 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 I mean,
2: It's like, here, here we go. I mean, I, I told
4: you I would be nice. But- <laughs> Don't be nice. Don't be nice. Here, here, well, here it is right here. Okay. If you've had kids who've been competing for the past five years, mm-hmm. the coaches pretty much know what the kid can do and can't do. You know? So you have the combine for kids who are new. And and, and really the combine does nothing. Why don't you have excuse me, why don't you have a chubby kid throwing a football? Mm-hmm. You follow me?
2: Yeah, I'm not so or
4: Why would you have an undersized kid hitting a blocking bag? You know, what What you need to do is you run simple agility trails to check how, how agile they are. You know, a 40 is uncalled for for, kid, for kids in grade school and middle school. Why, why do you need to run a 40? Once you once you get the kids, line them all up across from each other and let them race. The fastest kids are coming first. Yeah. The slower kids are coming last.
5: Right.
4: You know, and and that that's how you'll pick who's going on the ball. You get the kids out there that want to try out for quarterback. Those kids that throw the ball act with some accuracy or whatever. Those are your quarterback. You know, I'm being nice. That's why I'm trying to talk nice and.
2: But but. I mean, I got a lot of young listeners, and I'm looking like, when you was telling me, I'm like, what for? You know, that, that's putting a kid through. It's,
4: it's, it's really no need to have a combine. If if you played previously and your coach is a senior, <laughs> and but, your coach is a senior play, they know, they know what your ability is. okay. So we do some simple agility drills, and we can pretty much see how you can run. Now we just take teams. You know, bags, bags don't hit back. Right. You know, anybody can run a 40 fast or slow. But track speed and football speed are two different things.
2: But, but but like like you say, if you got, you know, like say, choose your thing, you got a chubby kid, why would you go subject him and run? What is a 40 going to do for them that age, Glover?
4: Hey, a 40 is going to build their self-esteem, that's it. And it's really not because at that level, one, they don't know how to run a 40 unless they ran track. Two, the people timing the 40, they don't know how to time a 40. Unless they track people, a football a, a football coach in the Pop Warner league doesn't know how to time a forty. Unless they track people, and then here you go. When are you going to run a football a forty in a football game? Unless somebody break away from the pack on a sweep or a long pass, a forty is useless. Teach them, teach them, teach them some get off. Five yard burst, teach them some ten yard sprints, Work on their form. A forty does nothing for kids at
2: this age. That's what I don't agree with. Like you say, what what is it going to do for them a forty? And I agree with you saying, give them certain drills to do and see where they at. Because you have a two hundred pound kid, you know he ain't gonna be your quarterback. Come on, correct? You know,
4: correct. I, I, I say it again. I mean, I can't say it enough times, parents. I said it before, and kids in general, be realistic about your child's ability. As a kid, be realistic about your ability. If you're fast, then yeah, learn how to catch the ball, learn how to run. You can be a running back or a wide receiver. If you want to be a quarterback, regardless of what, you can be a chubby kid. If you want to play quarterback, you know what you need to do. Get out there and practice throwing. Get out there and practice some footwork, some footwork drills. Don't don't get out there the day of and your dad hasn't worked with you or you've never thrown a ball and say you want to be a quarterback or a running back. It's, it's highly unlikely.
2: What we're going to do, Glo? we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want right. to talk to you about uh, college recruiting. We were supposed to talk about that earlier. So I want to hear your put on um, a couple of questions I have about recruits from college players. So. This is James Fleming with um, Eric Glover from San Diego. He forgot to tell y'all, it's overcast in Diego today, so we'll be right back. And raining. (laughs) And raining. And (laughs) raining.
5: Your
1: internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Have we got a high energy all access sports show for you? Channel.
0: Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry.
1: Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA is got up. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Boys America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show.
2: This is James Loving. I'm back hosting
1: Loving That Sports Talk. I
2: got Eric Glover from San Diego. You feel that glove? Yeah, I'm good here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. You know what, Glove, before we get to uh we're, well we gotta talk about uh are gonna talk about recruiting, but we got another guest on the line. Julie, are you there?
5: Yes I am. Are you referring to me, Jimmy?
2: <laughs> well, you, well Julie, Jules, right? <laughs> <laughs> how
5: you doing?
2: Good. Uh Julie we got Eric on the line too.
5: Hi Eric.
4: Hey, how you
5: doing? I'm doing good, thank you.
2: Well, Eric, Julie is from Chicago. Go tell a little bit about yourself, Julie. Let everybody on the list know who you are.
5: Well, um, I've been a massage therapist in Chicago for about 10 years now, and I'm just finishing up the Occupational Therapy Assistant Program at South Suburban College in South Holland. And I am working with with James Loving on the James Loving Outreach Benefit that's going to be on June 10th at Bourbon Street right here in, in Chicago.
2: And, um, Julie.
5: Yes?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tell all the people that, um, like, what you do to help athletes and all that.
5: Well, I I massage people. I release the tension in their muscles. I help give them mental clarity, um, get the toxins out of their system, and just make them to be happier to be alive. When I get through with them, they can feel like the weight of the world's been lifted and be a little bit happier person.
4: Hey, Julie, this is Eric. How long does something like that take?
5: You know what? I was in, I took the accelerated version, which was only 10 months. And I went to the Chicago School of Massage Therapy, which is known cross country. So if you, CSMT is a great school to go to.
4: No, maybe, maybe I, uh, maybe my question was wrong to get a massage, how long is it going to take to get the toxins out of my body?
5: Oh, well, you know what, everybody's different. Um I would have to, you know, give you a massage to kind of see just how how bad you're off. But I, I oh. guarantee it after a couple massage sessions, you should be feeling better.
4: Okay, well, I'm I'm, I'm scheduling an appointment. I'm going to be in Chicago for James uh James's fundraiser. Actually, I want to schedule an appointment.
5: Okay, well, give me at least a week's notice, okay? i be all happy right. to take care of you. I've, I put a little bit of everything that I've learned into giving the client the best massage possible for them. Everybody's different. Everybody's got a different set of, of um, issues depending on their occupation and how they handle their stress. And you right. know, I do uh, like a five-minute um, all-over body Com- okay. Compression to see where the the knots are at, and then that's how I know how to focus my time.
4: Okay. Well, I normally I normally handle stress with a shot of Jack Daniels and a good cigar.
5: <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, that's one way to to do it. But you definitely <laughs> would need a massage the next day after that because alcohol isn't really the best thing for you. But that's okay. Each to their own. Their own. I respect I, that. I was,
4: I was being funny, Julie. <laughs> oh,
5: okay. <laughs>
2: Well, Julie, you have done a lot of athletes, gave them massage, right? Um,
5: I sure have. Different NFL. I'm a lucky girl to have worked on some, some very in-shape bodies.
2: Okay. Uh, there was there was NFL players or were they basketball players?
5: Um, they were basketball, football, uh, water polo, ice hockey. I've kind of done a little bit of, of everything.
2: There you go. How you think your bull's gonna do?
5: You know, I had given a bull a massage before, and you know, he wanted really, really deep pressure. And I told him, am like, you know what? You got a game tonight. I don't think specific deep tissue is what you need right now." And He's like, "No, no, come on, I can handle it." So I, I, I gave it to him, and he ended up sitting half the game out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, "Oh my god, I worked him too hard." So I don't,
2: I don't know <laughs> if you want that massage now, Eric. <laughs>
4: yeah i don't want to i don't wanna have to sit out the party
5: now <laughs> no well i i warned him i'm like you know you're going to be a little bit fatigued after this and he's like no no i can handle it i'm like okay it's all right he kept He, i, I massaged him a couple more times after that so he wasn't disappointed in the massage i'll just tell you that
2: well thank you it's
5: like he's just like don't don't go don't. so deep next time i'm like okay
2: right <laughs> <laughs> thanks Jules. I wanted everybody to know who you are and what you're doing for me
5: well that's awesome I, I've enjoyed every minute of it and I look forward to um, what what's, I look forward to the event it's going to be an amazing event everybody get your tickets
2: alright thank you Jules.
5: see you Eric alright
4: see you in Chicago
5: you bet bye right. bye bye
2: Eric that's good Eric, did we have Bethardy though did we do like um um What was that called? We had the trainers. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. We had the training room where we would go in there uh, before practice or after practice. And uh, the trainers, we had female trainers, and uh, they would, you know, give us massages. And some guys, you know, tried to get the girls up to their rooms to get an after-hours massage, but that never worked. So we had to keep it in the training room.
2: (laughs) I Keep the massage in the training room, huh?
4: Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, but you, you, the the um, the ones that was doing the massage, they got to look at least halfway decent.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't, um I'm not going to even go there with you, James. You're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> I almost made you slip up. <laughs> yeah, almost, I was about to call somebody out say, yeah, they can't look like, you know, Alice the Goon, and some girl been called Alice the Goon, and now you get a call saying they was on Loving That Sports talking about me, so. Yeah, yeah. I think all women are beautiful. Exactly. They are.
2: They are. They are. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to bait you, Hungler.
4: Yeah, you're trying to get me to uh, say something that I shouldn't say. But I told you I'm going to be good today.
2: Yeah. Well, well, let's get back. I had a question you know, about recruiting. Why right. is this hard hard? You know, I see all these recruiters going to these kids. They want their kids so bad. And all these schools fighting over them. I tell I tell athletes, you know, pick the school that you're gonna play at, not where you're trying. It's a big, you know.
4: Right. Well, you know what? The the sad part about what what you're saying is, recruiting has become a business, and it's it's like it's like these kids are like cattle on a ranch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like they're they're being fattened up, or you know, they're being raised and grazed to go to the highest bidder. You know, it's not about the sport anymore. It's about trying to get to the NFL. So, what school can I go to that's going to showcase my talent for the next level? And then within saying all that, what can my parents or parents are saying, what can I get from it? Because I'm giving you my child He's gonna earn you a bunch of money if he's a superstar. What's in it for me? Right. You know, and within all that, the coast is doing the recruiting. That's how they get their money and their per diem and their TV shows and contracts with Adidas and Nike. And uh, it's 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 horrible, man. It's it's real bad.
2: How, how did they sell you to get to Wyoming? You know, because they're going to sell in these schools to these kids. Like you say, they they, they promised them, like, TV time. They'll be on TV games. And how did they get you to Wyoming? What they say? Love?
4: Well, you know what's funny? I got recruited to I'm, – I'm not going to go through the list of schools because, mm-hmm. you know, it's irrelevant. I don't want to put that out there. But um, you know what sold me on uh, Wyoming? What's the The players. Mm-hmm. The guys – at the time, all the older guys that was there, that's what sold me on the program, because it seemed like all the guys were close-knit, you know, they all, you know, most of them were talking about graduating college, which that was important for my parents' aspect and for mine was to graduate. Mm-hmm. And then the guys that they had there that were playing the position I was playing, they were juniors and seniors, but, you know, me being who I am, in my mindset, I thought that I could come in and play which I ended up doing. I ended up starting after, like, the fourth game as a freshman, and I was 17. So it all worked itself out. But the reason I went was the guys. I didn't go because they offered my parents no money. Both my parents had jobs working. We had a house, so it wasn't like we were from some ghetto in the inner city, which they try to portray most of these kids being from and parents being uneducated or parents being on welfare you know, I wasn't from that type of environment and most of the guys, which is funny, that went to Wyoming were just like was just like I was. A two parent family for the most part, both their parents working, you know, and things like that. So that's why I went.
2: Now I know like you say, we're gonna bring up the schools, but the other schools that were offering you scholarship, I know they had better things to offer you, you know, like that. Oh. I'm sure. Oh, man,
4: I- Brother, look at look it. Like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to blow nobody out. But look it, I went to UNLV on a, on a recruiting trip. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know where UNLV's campus was until years after I graduated from Wyoming. I didn't know UNLV had a campus because when I got to UNLV, they flew me in, put me to sleep, rode me around in a limousine. <laughs> no time did I go to their campus. No. Nah. So I didn't know they had a campus, because they never showed me it on my recruiting trip. You know, other schools I went to, they weren't as bad as UNLV, but they were, you know, somewhat close. You know, they would make offers. You know, the one thing a lot of schools are doing to these young guys is uh, they're flashing young girls in front of them. You know, a lot of schools have these booster programs where they're bringing these young girls, you know, when guys come on recruiting trips to these parties. Mm-hmm. and the recruiters aren't telling the parents about that aspect of it. Right. About, you know, these guys in these in these parties with these young girls and alcohol. So that's, you know, the recruiters, you know, they're recruiters, man. They're 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 trying to get a product. You know what I'm saying?
2: Right. Now now do you well what we're gonna do is uh, we'll take another break. But I'm gonna ask you a question when we come back, do you blame the recruiters for what they're doing? Because they're trying to better their school for that sport you know, so just like uh, um, anything they offer you, anything they offer you the world, right, to get you to come there, it's like a job, regular.
4: Right. Of course, of course. They they have a job, and in order to keep their job, there's things that must be done. And part of what must be done is them getting them blue ship kids or them kids that are on that list to that school. And if they can't get those kids to the school, then they'll lose their job. Right.
2: So, and and that's a big thing for, like you say, when these guys get – recruit, they come out there, and they got to promise them all these things. It's almost like politics, right? They promise us sure. everything to vote for them and never come through with it.
4: Yeah, well, you know, everything is about glamour and looking good and, you know, the the smile and the and the handshake. It's all the smoking, the smoking guns, you know. They smile in your face, but they're doing something behind your back. Or, You know, I mean, the crazy part about, real quick, I'll tell you about Wyoming is, uh, on the recruiting trip, I don't know if you did it, but on the recruiting trip, they have like a house that sits, a, a house, a ranch house that sits in the middle of nowhere. A snowmobiler? And they take you snowmobiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they take you snowmobiling <laughs> at this ranch, and they give you these big old cheeseburger.
2: steaks. Oh, we had cheeseburgers. Oh, did you?
4: Oh, no, we had steaks, brother. We had like these 22-ounce, 24-ounce steaks. And they said, you'll have this the whole time you're in Wyoming.
2: Uh, hold you up. can go to <laughs> Hello, Glove. We're going to take our break, and then we come okay. back. I want you to finish that story because okay. it is true. But we're going to take a break. We're back with Eric Glover in San Diego. He said it's overcast and rainy out there. <laughs> yes, it is. We'll be right back.
1: Voice America Sports Network.
6: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
1: You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back hosting Loving That Sports Talk.
2: at Eric Glover Online. the Still there, Eric?
4: Yes, I'm still here.
2: Go ahead, finish that story about what Wyoming um, told you and promised.
4: Okay, well, like I was saying, they took me out. It was called the Snowy Range. We went snowmobiling. We had these 24-ounce steaks, baked potato. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, you get a kid, you know, and bring them up in the mountains, you know, and it's snowing and you're snowmobiling and eating steaks and all that, you know. And the one selling pitch was like, hey, you sign here. You can come snowmobiling whenever you want. Come out here, have steaks, you know, and enjoy yourself whenever you want to. Well, the the, the crazy part is, I did sign with Wyoming, and that was the last time I seen snowy range. I seen a twenty four ounce steak, and I seen a snowmobile. And so my point is this: they make promises, or they get kids in by alluring You know, they have they tell you things that they're going to continue to do. And they don't do them. You know. I, so they build you up with an
2: expectation and don't follow through. You're right. And, and that's why I said recruiting, because when I went to Wyoming, they did the same thing. And what they did to me was they, um, what they did to me was they, um, they had a cheeseburger. And with the cheeseburger, that they, um, I ain't never seen it again, but the cheeseburger was good. You know? Right. And I never saying but then when I went to Boise State, you know, I'm at Boise State. You know, Boise State is a powerhouse thing now. But when I went there, they had this guy take me out, and he took me to this party. And I was like, oh, no, I would never sign here, you know. Took me right. to some ghetto, you know, place and go, oh, this is where your dorm be, your room. I'm like, no, you're not going to have me out here like that. But now, you know, Boise State is probably the number one recruit school, you know.
4: Right, right. But
2: right. but they didn't like promise me all the stuff that you know Wyoming did you know, but yep. but like you say I signed Wyoming because of the guys that was there you know I'm really not a snowmobile person or skiing person but you know I like the guys that was there like I think I mean I don't know if I went out with you on my recruitment trip I didn't have you but I think I met you though right Did I meet right. you on my
4: just, yeah yeah we met on we met at the uh, little bar across the street from campus on your recruiting trip. <laughs> that was a good laugh.
2: you going to bring that head up, huh? No,
4: no, 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 I'm, for, not. No, for no,
2: my I'm list, not. For my listeners, me and my friends, sorry, it's a little bar across the street. We used they always be there. You know, we call that our office. That's what you try to say, right, Glove?
4: Well, yeah, that was you guys' office.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's where you go going with that one. <laughs> we talked did we just laugh about that the other day, talk about like at eleven o'clock, you was in class. I said by eleven o'clock we already had like two pictures of brew this <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I was in class at eleven,
4: twelve o'clock, they was at the office.
2: <laughs> you know what was funny was um the season was over and Cleveland Browns, Miami, you know how the proteins come in and they work you out? You yeah. know yeah, and they was over in the uh field house and uh we me and Sar was over in our office as usual. It was about eleven o'clock and everybody was like, where the hell so somebody came over, they knew where it was at. Like what y'all doing over here? Um Cleveland and Miami we wanna work y'all out. We did the bar, we had like two, three pictures of beer. That
4: was normal. <laughs> <laughs> that was normal. That was a that was a slow day. <laughs> a slow day.
2: That's where you are going there, huh, Glove?
4: <laughs> that was a slow day. Three
5: pitches. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, but no, real quick, real quick, something you touched on that was cool was, you know, when you were talking about kids being recruited, mm-hmm. you know, and and like you know you had said or I had said, the sad part about it is, is the parents are unaware of what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. And these kids are making decisions that'll last them the rest of their lifetime and it's sad when the decision is based on sports, not education. Yeah. And a lot and a lot of these kids are making a decision sports based because they don't see themselves graduating. When a lot of good money is being wasted on these kids to go to school to to play sports and to get an education, but Education isn't first, sports is first. Then you have kids out there that are super smart in, in neighborhoods across the country that can't qualify nor play a sport and, and need to get into a college to better themselves, and they can't, so it's kind of uneven. You know, the, the playing field's uneven. On one hand, you have a kid that can, that's talented and, and not as bright, and then you have a, a person that might change the outcome of the world because of their smarts and they don't get the opportunity or chance. So, so something has to be changed. But my point is this, the recruiters need to be held more responsible. Mm -hmm. If a kid goes to school and generates fun, we're not going to talk about the whole economic side of kids bringing their money to the school and the kids being paid. My thing is if a kid signs, a scholarship for four years or five years like I did back in my time, but if they sign a scholarship, the recruiter, the coach, the academic advisor, all of them people need to be held accountable for that kid being close to graduating. It's sad. You break your leg or don't make it to the league and you're back home laying on your mother's couch or you're out there working a job as a security guard or doing something, non-beneficial to yourself or to anybody because you didn't take advantage of the school. So people need to be held accountable. Uh,
2: Should the parents be held accountable too? They don't know what's going on? They should as
4: well. It starts with the parents. The parents should be held accountable more so than anybody else because they're giving their child to these people and they're not doing any Mm follow-up. Just because somebody sends you a sweatshirt or a cap or some free tickets, you know, that's not the end of the that's not the end of the rainbow. You need to you need to be more involved in that child's education because it's a waste of good money that these kids are wasting, not taking advantage of.
5: Right.
2: And
4: there's kids out there that could be using that money, but they can't play a sport, so they don't qualify.
2: But how would the parents get involved, though?
4: The parents. Well, you know, the sad part about it is some of the parents aren't as educated or they're uneducated, so they don't know. All they see is the fact that little Johnny can run fast in a straight line and throw a move every now and then, <laughs> or or little Billy can run fast and jump up and catch the ball, or, you know, little Tyrone can, can sack somebody for, for three sacks in the backfield, you know, so... If they're not involved with the education, or if they're not too worried about the education, why would the kid be worried? So why should the kid care?
2: Yeah, but you know, I mean, we only got one minute left. But I love having you back next week, talk. But isn't that what the kid? They're not looking for education. They're looking to play sports, right?
4: That's my point. The kids need to be held more accountable. Right. If if they're not if they're not there, if they're not there to go to school and get an education, if they're to play sports then there should be some type of other league where this money on education is not being wasted. You follow me? Right. There should be some type of little supplemental league or something where these, these knuckleheads can go to and just practice playing their sports, like a farm league or something, like in baseball. Right. There should be some type of farm league because that's too much money to be wasting, and it's going nowhere. I mean, think about it. You're wasting thousands and thousands of dollars a year. And these kids, at the end of three and a half years, four years, they only got 12 credits. They count. Yeah. You know? <coughs> You're right. So, oh. so something needs to be addressed and done, but the is not going to do it because of all the money they're making. Exactly. Exactly.
2: That's the key. But, you know, we got 30 seconds. We're, we're going to have you back on next week, definitely, though finish that, and we'll do the whole hour show with you because that's a touchy point, what you're saying, you know, but there's a lot of people to blame, Eric, not just... Oh, f-
5: oh
4: yeah, but, but initially it starts at home.
2: Right. It starts at home. You're right. and uh, They always say that old saying, charity starts at home, right?
4: Yeah, stop, stop looking. Stop thinking that Junior is a paycheck. Get a job. Junior's not a paycheck. Get a job. Yeah,
2: but th- you know what? Uh, we got to get out, but Yep. Eric Glover from San Diego and this is James Lover host Loving Up Sports Talk and we'll be back next week.